0: I'm Kev Jackson. Welcome to Chat Pod, the chat about podcast. The Beltrami County Board is meeting today, so we've got the Beltrami County Administrator in, Tom Berry. Tom, welcome back to the
1: show. Good morning, Kev. Thank you very much. It's good to be back.
0: Well, it's the first time we've had a chance to talk, so great to meet you, Tom. Yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> no, I remember doing this with Larissa and Todd, and uh, it's been a little while, but uh, it's great to be back. All right, well, let's just start with, uh, I mean, I think the...
0: Title pretty much says what you do, but Beltrami County Administrator, uh, the county
1: version of a city administrator, I would imagine. That's very true. Yes, very much so. Yeah, responsible for all of the uh, um, non-elected departments. Uh, we have a staff of about 450. We're managing budget around 104 million. So yeah, it's more or less like the CEO of the of the county, if you will.
0: Okay, and and so today we've got our. Um, well, what you have twice a month meetings, the Beltrami County Board is right?
1: Correct, yeah, On normal okay. schedule is two meetings per month, first and third Tuesdays of the month, unless there's a holiday, and then the board will reschedule accordingly.
0: So you always have two meetings. You start out with a work meeting, which will be at 3 o'clock uh, in the county board room at the county administration building, and then uh, after a break, you'll have the regular county board meeting. So w- what is the difference between these two from your perspective?
1: Oh, that's an awesome question. So the work meeting is really intended to dive deeper into subjects that uh, the board wants information about Uh, typically we tee up um, decision making um, uh, you know topics in the work session first so that way they have time to study the the issues ask questions maybe remand things back to staff Uh, there's no decisions that are made during a work session and so um, oftentimes staff will get direction during a work session. We'll just share information with the, with the board. Um, uh, sometimes we'll have folks come in from the community, uh, like our partners or other agencies that have information that uh, they just want to share with the board. Um, and then the, the regular session is where, you know, sort of the decision-making occurs. And a lot of the information that the board has learned from the work session will get carried into the regular session. And uh, and then those decisions will be made, and they'll be binding, essentially, where we have ordinances or resolutions or motions to approve, you know, budgets and uh, decisions. Uh, those all get approved in the regular session. So um, there is a very distinct difference between the two meetings in that, you know, essentially the work session, again, is just to get information, gather information, study things. And the regular session is really about decision-making, about making decisions on those items that, uh, you know, kind of keep the county running.
0: Okay. Well, among the things you'll be talking about today in the work session is a legislative discussion. The legislature going into session. You got. Uh, I see a list of ten things that are that are key issues for the for the county this year. So, I'll just give you the chance to. Well, I'll give you the floor and, and tell me uh, what are what are the things this county is concerned about this year.
1: Well, you know we're, we we always concerned about what happens in the legislature because uh, what comes out of the legislature in the form of. Um, of new laws or mandates um, really do impact our county and the other counties across the state so we pay close attention to what's going on um, but more than that we uh, get engaged and we've been uh, increasing our engagement over the past few years uh, to more influence what happens at the state legislature and also to help legislators understand the impacts of some of their decisions uh, on counties in particular beltrami county um, as you may know, uh, we are the second poorest county in the state of Minnesota. We run a poverty rate uh, typically for the last 20 years at or above 20 percent. Um, and so a lot of the unfunded mandates that come down from the state legislature are are hugely impactful to our county and, and certainly to our, our citizens. One of the other challenges we have, which sort of tee up our, our need for engagement, is that we have a very small property tax base. Uh, when you consider that we're the third largest in geographic area, uh, you know, county, that is, they uh, the, only, the only area that we can tax inside that is about 30%. So we have a very low tax capacity um, from that standpoint. So when we get hit with unfunded mandates, it's hugely impactful for us. So um, that's one of the one of the reasons we get involved. Other good reasons are, you know, we just want to make sure the legislatures um, remembering the impacts of their decisions, and then importantly that uh, that we have some influence over over how they how they decide. So uh, we we do that proactively at the beginning of the session. Uh, well, actually, our work starts probably September uh, before the session, the upcoming session, and I'll get with the staff and we'll develop a list of issues or concerns. Uh, we'll look at both defensive positions. We'll look at um, um, offensive positions, meaning things we want to be more aggressive or assertive or carry forward. We'll work with our association leaders, and we'll consolidate all that information um, and put it into a recommendation to the board. And then uh, usually like November or December, we'll have the board uh, look at that list, also refine it. They'll add their um, additional items. Uh, Maybe we'll strike some things. We'll organize the priority. And we'll essentially get to a list what we call our legislative priorities. And uh, that list then goes through a formal approval process in December. Uh, We finalize that. And just as you mentioned, that list uh, currently is is 10 items long. Um, And then what happens after that is we invite our local area legislators to come in and uh, participate in a work session with the board. That happens today, actually, and they'll uh they'll be briefed by our staff and our board on what's isu- what issues are important to them. Uh we'll share a number of different uh concerns and uh, legislative priorities with them with the hopes that they'll carry those uh those priorities down to the to the state house and advance them on behalf of the county and our residents.
0: Okay. I mean uh, well, a couple of the things on the, uh, the that, that concerning of course the state bonding bill, the jail is still uh in the mix there. And the state sales tax exemption for construction.
1: Yeah, a couple things on that. Um, well, maybe we'll start with the state bonding bill. So the the bonding bill is important for the county. We 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 know that uh, counties by um, by legislative uh, you know requirement are obligated to uh, own and essentially manage uh, jail facilities. Uh, they're expensive facilities, um, as the the public largely knows. The uh, Department of Corrections for Minnesota. Uh, has been placing enormous pressure on um, our sheriff's department in regards to upgrading the jail, um, and there is a number of challenges that have led us down the path of of having to create or essentially construct a new jail. Uh, one of the things, however, that you know we promised citizens is that we would do everything we could um, to ask the state for its contribution towards the state, or excuse me, towards the jail project. And so uh, we put applications in uh, to both the House and the Senate side for fifty million dollars uh, cost sharing the jail project. Um, and so we want to continue down that path. We we did have uh, the the tours from the Senate and uh, House um, bond committees come, and that was that was good. But we want to keep uh, this item in front of um, um, both um, houses and make sure that it, it continues to get traction. Uh, if we're successful in uh, in getting something, you know, from the state, uh, may not be fifty million, but it might be something less. That will be uh, offsetting to our bonds that we're going to have to issue uh, to locally to pay for the for the facility. So um, so it is important that uh, you know we have a presence down at the state house and that we're encouraging um, our project to be included uh, with the state bonding bill package. As it relates to the exemption for new jail construction, we think we found a different way than having to go through um, new legislation. Actually, there's existing legislation that uh, authorizes uh, counties to apply for the exemption of sales taxes for the construction materials uh, on the, the jail construction project. Uh, provided that the Department of Corrections has found the jail to be deficient, and of course, uh, in 2019 we did have a resolution that the County Board passed, uh, citing the deficiencies that um, Department of Corrections had identified. And so we've already received a letter from the Department of Corrections that acknowledged that uh, they they are the reason um, and that you know for the for the new jail project in regard to um, you know requiring improvements at the facility. And so they've issued the, the letter that we believe is now going to be able to be used to um, essentially recover sales tax um, expenses for the construction. And that's no small amount. I mean, we're essentially estimating around $1.5 million, possibly up to $2 million of direct savings. And, of course, if you finance that savings over time, um, in, in say a thirty year bond, it could be twice that amount in financed savings to the project so so uh, we 're feeling pretty good about that
0: okay um then you have uh looks like one two, three, four, five issues related to uh, health and mental health
1: yeah, this is an area that 's been um, an ongoing challenge um, and it 's a story that you know kind of started maybe fifteen or or so years ago when the state started moving away from, uh, state assisted mental health facilities or state run mental health facilities, um, and placing that burden more and more into local jurisdictions. Um, and, and what's happened is, uh, you know, local jurisdictions like our County aren't really prepared. We don't have the, the infrastructure or the resources or the staff to take care of those challenges. And so this has been an ongoing saga and, uh, And essentially, we're continuing to encourage um, education at the state house in regards to what the decisions uh, that have been made in the past have uh, in regard to impact on counties. And then uh, we're also trying to essentially uh, obtain the funding that used to be there uh, when these when these facilities were run by the state, which uh, now they're being run by local jurisdictions. You know, we don't have the funding to to run some of these types of mandated programs. So, uh, so. Continuum of care for behavioral health, um, direct care and treatment facilities, uh, behavioral health funding are all areas that we need to communicate with the uh, with the legislators uh, in regard to impact on on our jurisdiction, because these are very, very, very expensive programs for the county. You know, I'll, I'll just give you an example. We had one, one, uh, one citizen who had a, a mental health uh, situation that uh, was in, um, uh, in limbo, essentially, in, in different hospitals and whatnot, that essentially cost the county over $300,000 for six months worth of, um, of oversight. And when you, when you take that and you say one person for about six months costs, you know, $330,000 or so, dollars, uh, we, we can't sustain that for the number of people that need this type of facility or this type of help. Um, So we need uh, to make sure that we are communicating that with the state legislature and that uh, we do what we can to get these folks placed in the right facilities, to get the right help that they need, um, and also not strap the counties to the point where we can't do other mission-critical activities that we're responsible for carrying out.
0: The bane of mandates, underfunded mandates, and unfunded mandates of every city, county, school district in
1: America. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So... It's a challenge, but uh, something we have to be attentive to.
0: Uh, also, child care, that's always a big issue. And uh, um, what, are, what are you looking for there?
1: Well, we need to build um, child care capacity in, in not just Beltrami County and, and in Bemidji, but all across the state. And the rules that the state um, has instituted for child care facilities uh, are sort of counterintuitive um, in regards to um, – ensuring a viable business model. And so what we see as a result is that we have less and less facilities and more and more demand. So we want to communicate with the legislature, and we're not alone on this front, um, about ways that we believe that the, legisla- the, the, the legislation can be changed or the rules can be changed uh, in such a way as to continue to ensure the safety and well-being of children but make it um, a more of a viable business model that allows facilities to actually stand up these programs and offer the services at reasonable costs and increase capacity um so there's a lot of work there to do. There has been some uh gains that we want to recognize the legislature for over the past few years, but there's certainly a lot more work to do um, This is a a growing problem as we as we see population increase and demand for these types of services increase so we just want to make sure that uh, we do our part to try to improve the capacity we have for child care slots um, in, in our community.
0: Tom Barry, the Beltrami County uh, Administrator, the Beltrami County Board meeting today. Uh, a couple of other notes. Transportation, obviously very important. Any particular transportation things you're looking at?
1: Uh, just money. <laughs> <laughs> We're always looking for money on transportation. So, uh, no, we're just down there to make sure the legislature remembers that we have a lot of deficiencies across the state when it comes to transportation infrastructure, and uh, we certainly love their continued support and maybe increases in uh, transportation funding.
0: And then solid waste. I know I talked to Brian, and I know down the road, about six or seven years, you're going to have to do something because of a new mandate regarding um, landfills. Um, but what what are we looking at for right now?
1: Well, we're, we're, again, looking for funding and support um, for creating a regional facility. That mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense in regards to how we manage our solid waste uh, challenges. Uh, we have a eight or nine county uh, consortium that we're trying to develop um, and advance a, a major initiative for solid waste handling facility. Um, but these things cost an enormous amount of money. And, again, once we, once we look again at the state legislative requirements for these things, oftentimes local jurisdictions just don't have the pockets to, deep enough to, to pay for these facilities on their own. So we are looking to help uh, educate, inform, and hopefully gain support from the legislature in regards to this uh, significant region-wide uh, facility.
0: Okay.
1: Also on the uh, work
0: meeting agenda, jail project financing report. Where are we at?
1: Well, uh, there's some interesting developments that uh, we're going to be presenting to the board today. Uh, we have been meeting as a finance, a jail project finance team for the last couple of months or so, uh, looking at ways to now finance the project. As you might recall, uh, you know, this project's been going on since about 2017, took a pause during the pandemic. Uh, we, we hired some consultants, did a bunch of studies and surveys and whatnot that culminated in a decision in November of 2022 by the board to, to construct a new jail facility. As you know, we uh, went down to the legislature. They uh, gave us authority to uh, place a, a ballot question on the November ballot in regards to how to pay for the jail. Uh, the community overwhelmingly said, yes, you know, we want it to be paid for by sales tax. So now uh, that we have the revenue source sort of figured out, Uh, the, the next step of the project is, okay, how do we actually pay for this thing? Uh, so we have to issue bonds because, you know, the facility, uh, the, well, the project itself, although the construction is around 66 million or so, the whole project, which includes a number of different facets is going to push close to 80 million. So, um, we're going to have to issue bonds, uh, which is very typical for these types of projects. And so we'll be talking to the board tonight about the the bond issuance. Um, We'll be talking about a number of different things. First one is, you know, how do we want to bond for this? Do we want to issue one bond for the entire project? Do we want to issue uh, multiple bonds uh, as we go throughout the project? You know, what should those bond amounts be? What should the terms be on these bonds? For example, should it be a a 15, a 20, 25, 30-year bond? Uh, what is the what is the flexibility want with inside the bonds like call protection features for example um and you know what interest rates uh are we are we going to accept and that of course is influenced by some of the other decisions about the type of bond uh, that the board will be uh will be will be evaluating so we'll have our financial consultant come in this afternoon um he'll be giving a presentation on the various options and running through a scenario the recommendation by the finance committee is essentially to look at about a 25-year bond, um, with a uh, eight-year call, um, f- you know, protection uh, feature, and to do it as a two issuance. So uh, about 40 million now, and then uh, probably sometime next year, maybe june or so i'll uh, issue the second bond and that gives us um, even though it's a little bit higher cost to issue two bonds we're thinking that we'll be able to right size the second bond and maybe not have to bond for so much and that that will save us money on the back end of the project so all of that kind of discussion will occur this afternoon and the and the board will ultimately give us direction on whether or not they want to continue down this path or if they have some other idea in regard to what they'd like to do Um, if they choose to move forward it's it's possible that um, we could essentially issue resolutions at the next board meeting on the 20th and we could have a bond sale um, as early as you know mid-march and the county could receive proceeds by april Um, and that of course uh, would track really well with the way that we are carrying on the project currently with regard to schedule
0: okay and and a lot of that second bonding would be based on what happens with the state legislature this Correct. year. Correct. Yeah, that's
1: the other thing is like if we're successful on the state bonding bill side, you know even if they gave us 5 or 10 million, that's 5 or 10 million we can take off the second bond and mm-hmm. not have to strap, you know, our residents and citizens um and and those who pay sales tax, you know, from having to pay. So it's another good reason to to look at a, a multi-bond issuance.
0: Okay. And then one other thing I'm really curious about, the 100 Cups Outreach Project. What is the 100 Cups Outreach Project?
1: Yeah, this is a really innovative um outreach effort that our Health and Human Services Department has has led over the last 2 years. And essentially um, you know, kind of in a, a broad overview since a um, hundred cups um, of coffee project means that our staff have sat at least a hundred times and had theoretically right a hundred cups of coffee because that 's the idea is you sit with somebody, have a cup of coffee, and you just talk you know person to person and so they've they 've done this and uh and we 've talked with clients we 've talked with customers we 've talked with service providers we talked with staff. Um, essentially anybody that we could talk to to try to gain insights on, you know, how we're doing as a health and human services department. Um, So after those 100-plus conversations, uh, essentially staff have now been rolling up their sleeves and taking that information and putting it into – um you know digestible format and developing committees by which they can then tackle these types of challenges or these types of concerns that, that they've learned about through the 100 cups exercise and uh, so some of the things that they'll be they'll be working on is you know things like uh how we treat people and, and what what we how we educate them and, and how we interact with them when they come through the door other things are uh, you know um you know educating service providers on all the services that we provide uh, there seems to be a, a gap in understanding in regards to what the county can do and certainly what it can't do. Uh, so managing expectations on that front is really important. So communicating that to the community is, is really going to be cool. And then also, um, you know, what we do internally with our staff and how we prepare staff uh, for engagement and, and what kind of flexibility we can offer staff in regard to schedules um, and meeting with folks and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. So there's a couple areas that uh, that we're working on currently. Um, to carry forward those things we've learned through the hundred cuts exercise, and so there'll be just an update this afternoon uh, by the staff to talk a little bit about where we are in that process and and how much left, how much work is left to do.
0: Okay, and after the uh, work meeting is done, we have the regular meeting at five o'clock, and uh, uh, some of the things I was interested there, um, an approval of an on sale liquor license application. So. Is that a new business or?
1: <laughs> well, this is, um, I, I, I don't know the details of that specific one, but we typically have these on our agenda fairly frequently. Okay. Um, and typically, uh, it's almost always renewals. Oh, we okay. Mean established sure. facilities that are required to go get their renewal. I'd have to pull that application and see specifically. Um, but most of the time, it's a, it's a renewal. Occasionally, we will get new ones that come in um, and they, they get on the agenda as, as they're required to be approved by the county board in order to become legitimate.
0: Um, and then the sheriff's going to talk about the approval of law enforcement center contract. So what does that mean?
1: Yeah, so the law enforcement center is the facility where the sheriff, uh, the sheriff's office and department is housed out of. We're also unique in the state in that we share that facility with uh, the city of Bemidji Police Department. And so the the building was constructed over 20 years ago. Um, with that shared use kind of envisioned. And all along, the city and the county have been jointly paying for bond payments um, that were used to finance the facility, and those bonds have expired. And so now that we're in the period where, okay, those ag- that agreement that was originally developed for that arrangement has expired, we're, we're uh, implementing a new agreement that talks about how we're going to manage jointly the facility going forward, um what kind of space the the police department gets what kind of space the sheriff's office gets what kind of service levels uh, the two are going to be working together on for example like dispatch services records management services so this is a contract that essentially memorializes those uh, kind of for the most part long-standing agreements that have run in the original contract which is carrying them over now um and uh and so that's essentially what that contract's about in, uh, in regard to how to manage that facility
0: okay and uh I'm really curious about this unnamed lake that you're renaming.
1: Yes. Um, the, occasionally we get requests to uh, name unla- unnamed lakes. Um, of course, Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes, and mm-hmm. we all know that there's way more than that, over 11,000 or 12,000 lakes, and a good portion of them are unnamed. So the, stat, uh, the Minnesota legislature has a, a process by which you can rename uh, or name a lake. Uh, and essentially, it involves, um, you know, a petition by at least 15 legal voters uh, to to rename a lake. And then there's a petition that's certified and presented to the county board. And we have to schedule a public hearing after that. Um, of course, we have to notice the public hearing. And then uh, tonight is the public hearing because we've noticed it. Okay. So folks will come and they'll they'll share with us, you know, their thoughts about the name, maybe Maybe I like could have it be a different name, or or maybe they'll show support for it, or maybe they won't show support for it. Um, the DNR director, uh, the, the Department of Natural Resources for the state, uh, typically provides input during the hearing. Most of the time that comes as in, in the form of written input. And then um, and then anybody else who attends the hearing can provide input. And then eventually the board, uh, having heard everyone, will make a decision. Um, typically we like to name lakes. Um Especially certain types of lakes, because uh they become uh features that uh geographically help inform our travel throughout the county right so if somebody's trying to describe you know how to get to a certain place or whatever um using a lake number does is not really the best <laughs> way to do that like really? lake number seven six two five eight seven dash a Nobody knows where that is, but if you said Grace Lake, right, Sure. then you'd know, okay, Grace Lake, I, I, know, I know where that is. So there's, there's some benefits to naming these lakes. Um, of course, you know, there's this process to make sure that the name is appropriate, uh, maybe it has historical significance or it's significant to a, a person or a, a homesteader or something like that too. So uh, we, we want to just make sure. And then plus we have to make sure we're not naming, we try to avoid naming lakes the same thing sure. right, as well.
0: So, what lake is this? Do we do you know? And uh, and
1: do we have a suggested name? Um, we we do, and I don't have one <laughs> on the top of my head. I probably <laughs> I didn't know you take such an interest. I in, know, I, I do a fishing show, so lakes are interesting <laughs> to <really> me. Nice. <laughs> um, that will it you know this I guess is a good reason to say tune into the to the meeting today. Yeah, you can find all that out. I'm sorry I don't have that with me, but that's all right. But yeah, it's uh it's just north um uh, kind of north central in inside the county. I do know that and. Uh, and uh, it is one that I think is close to a dock and uh, and ramp, and so it gets a lot of reference. You know, a lot of people reference it, like, you know, and so having a name will be beneficial in regard to being able to find or, or help people find that location better. But, I, again, I'm sorry. Hey. Because uh, I don't have the – I know. I threw your curveball. Hey, no you no did. problem. That's okay. You got me. You
0: got me. <laughs> Hey, anything else uh, on the regular uh, meeting tonight that we
1: should be aware of? Uh, just quickly, you know, one thing I was going to mention, we're we're going to share the results of our timber auction and then also the results of our annual timber sales. A lot of people don't know, but the county is uh, in the timber business. Uh, and, uh, you know, our high school, mo- um, um, what you call that? Not motto, but the... Yeah. Mascot. Oh, Mascot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the lumberjacks, right? Yeah. And so the county, we manage um, over 105,000 acres wow. of, of land for commercial harvest, and and actually we get pretty good revenues off of this. Um, our last timber auction, we, we pulled over $400,000 in sales from, and that puts us for the year at about $1.6 million in total sales. Um, so that's really important because that offsets property taxes for the way that the county mm-hmm. utilizes these funds to function. And it also finances a number of other programs, say, for example, our Community Development Fund, which finances local organizations like theater organizations or um, or uh, Greater Bemidji or Economic Development Authority or, or for example, uh, libraries and other sorts of things that are, are cultural or music or heritage related that increase tourism. Um so, and, and a lot of this money does go back into the community, not just through those organizations, but also uh, we return about one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars to school districts from the sale of these funds. Uh, townships and cities get almost ninety thousand uh, dollars through the sale of these funds annually. So, this revenue is is shared uh, by these different organizations and by these different government agencies, uh, and so it's it's really important that we sustainably manage these forests. Uh, so that we can continue this revenue stream, which benefits not just the county and our residents, but, like I say, these organizations and these other government agencies. So that, that's kind of an interesting thing. And so we'll be talking with the board about you know, our kind of annual sales um, uh, for the auctions. All right. He is
0: the uh, Beltrami County Administrator, Tom Berry, talking about today's <clears throat> Beltrami County board meeting. we got the work meeting at 3 again and the uh, regular meeting at 5, and that will be in the county boardroom at the county administration uh, building downtown Bemidji. Tom, thank you for
1: being here today. Thanks, Kev. It's been fun. Appreciate it.
0: I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for joining us today on ChatPod, the Chat Podcast.